Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we rip the wall out of Spider-Man 3, (laughs) one absolutely brutal minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Dapper Dan Gavazdan from the Amazing Spider-Talk podcast. And I want to talk about, Scott, this brutality you've referenced, (laughs) because you and I just got done fighting it out in the Spider-Dome. Um, the Spider Dome, yeah, yeah Spider Dome, the Spider Dome, um, and you know those those eight legs. They just, you know, you didn't know that's what it was called. No, yeah. I mean, all right, we got to work on our branding, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything is spider something. You know? Okay, yeah, that's true. And, and look, I will, I will relent. You got the better of me, <laughs> and and you know, I I am humbled <laughs> in your presence. <laughs> well, good. That reverse chokehold was very unexpected. Yeah, it yeah. was the foot. It's all about the footwork. It's all about footwork. It's all about footwork. <laughs> the spider choke. <laughs> <Yes>. Remember <laughs> branding. <laughs> spider footwork. Yeah. Yes. Um. All right. Well, today uh, we are ta- we are staying on brand and talking about minute nineteen, uh-huh. which begins with Peter uh, upside down asking Harry to listen to him, and ends with uh, Peter preparing to slingshot himself on the Goblin board toward the falling engagement ring. You know, inventive man that Peter Parker. Well, yeah. I love that Peter starts off being like, "Listen to me." I'm going to tell you the secret that I held since the end of the first movie <laughs> with very little pressure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, oh, I guess I should just tell him now. Yeah. Uh, the chips are down at this point. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. guess you're right. He's gone full goblin. It's, you're like, well, I guess the secret doesn't need to be that safe. Yeah. yeah. A little, a, maybe a little, a little too late, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Too little too late. That's the phrase I was looking yeah. for. I, I just, I don't know if there's any amount of talking that's going to resolve this particular scenario right now, Pete. Um, which I think he realizes as soon as the uh, wall maneuver occurs. Yeah, yeah. He rips the wall out. And my favorite pit, uh, bit of this is that they bothered to, like, give the interior wall, like, a, like wallpaper and stuff. Like, this Reed just ripped this out of someone's house. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the bathroom tile. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I love that uh, Peter is crawling around it, uh, you know, much like a spider. I mean, that's that's the thing that I think this movie gets right more than any of the other uh, Spider-Men that have followed. Mm-hmm. I think he, especially in this movie, acts the most like a spider. He's the most spider-like in this movie. And yeah. It's, it's really impressive the way that they utilize his powers in that way. Yeah. yeah, whenever my wife screams about a spider, I just tear out a huge section of our wall and <laughs> throw it into the populace. Yeah. Right, and it spins or it like walks around it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I almost wonder if they had more, uh, or they felt like they had more freedom to go full like spider movementy stuff in this one because we will spoilers get some uh, uh, symbiote interference that like um, that the, I, I think that the the main thing about Spider-Man, the incongruous bit is that like he's our most popular superhero, but he's based on a creature that people 
dislike almost entirely yeah, uh, yeah across yeah. the board that the the movement of a spider is creepy and unnerving and if you if you make your character too much like a spider uh, he's a menace right so to it's almost like other other movies prior to this or after this are trying to make sure spidey looks cool all the time and like yeah, like yeah. nice and heroic and slick um but they just go full you know crawly creepy crawly Right, one. right. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. I feel like this particular effect though, was like on a list that Sam Raimi wrote somewhere of effects he wanted to do for a long time. Oh, like one day. Because in, yeah. in this movie, <laughs> like we get a bunch of things using this similar like design. Like I'm thinking about the bit with like Gwen Stacy falling off the building and he dives mm-hmm. through all the rubble and everything. Oh yeah, right. it's the same kind of effect, which is like having a, a like a CGI actor kind of maneuvering through debris or something like that. And right. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it works pretty well in here. I think when we get the close-up of Peter, it's very clearly a CGI person. Sure. But like the transitions are pretty seamless, and it moves quick enough that you don't really question it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they've they've really mastered their limitations. Um, yes. By this movie. Yeah. Uh, in a really in a really powerful way. But they're getting bold about it too. I mean, right. the, the single take camera shot nature of this, you know, like they could very easily cut into like a close up of of you know Toby's face or something like that to really hide this and and give that kind of like uh, feeling. But the the single take nature of it is 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 them like kind of starting to make like bold declarations that like we know how to do this stuff. Yeah, it'll play out in full and right. you'll just you'll buy it. Um, yeah. Right. I don't know. I was thinking this week about some people that get really really like mad about this movie and say they don't like any of it when there's like sequences like this or like that moment with the Sandman the other day that we both love like I I almost wonder the only way I could think that that something like this wouldn't land for you is if you're not going to give any leeway on CGI that doesn't look a thousand percent convincing. Well, like, there, I mean, there's people, it doesn't matter how convincing it doesn't matter. It could be a hundred percent convincing. They mm-hmm. don't give it leeway because it's fake. And they, because they intellectually understand that it's fake. It's like, it's a movie. It's all fake. Yeah. It's all it's <laughs> like, like <laughs> none of it's real. Yeah, like yeah. either you buy into it or you don't. And if you don't, you shouldn't be watching movies. Right. Right. I think there's a growing audience for that though. Of people that like watch YouTube and think that you love most of the stuff they see on YouTube is real. Yeah. Um, I think people are having a harder time, di- you know, dividing between it. Like I think the success of a movie, like the hangover is associated with this. Like that movie is mm-hmm. almost entirely like, Hey, isn't this funny because this happened? Kind of thing, but it's uh-huh. like no, it didn't. It didn't happen. But none of this happened. That's yeah. the setup to the punchline in that movie. And I, I watch audiences. I think like over time that they're beginning to, they, they both have like a keener sense of like, oh, that CGI, it's fake. But stuff that like isn't, they like accept a lot more readily. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like but this movie is also very movie-ish. You know, like yeah. it's very like cheeky and Sam Raimi's you know style is. Very pronounced in a way that a lot of movies don't really have pronounced style anymore, right? Because these directors are just for hire, right? You know, people to fill in a role. So um, it's, it's harder know. to put a personal stamp on things in right. some of these larger yeah. Uh, yeah. Not that people don't, obviously. No, no, but of course like, they do. Right. Um, I mean, it, it's really telling that uh, these are called Raimi Spider-Man movies. Uh, the amazing movies are Webb's, like like Mark Webb's amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And Homecoming and Far From Home are the MCU's Spider-Man movies. Not Watts movies. Not Watts. Yeah. Like, sometimes I forget who directed those movies. Like, I have to, like, really stop and be like, who was? Oh, right. Watts. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, he's not. And he, what did he do before that? Cop Car. Okay. Yeah. 
You and know. a bunch of weird YouTube videos. Right. Cop yeah. car is nothing like the style of exactly. Homecoming. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's giving him a little bit short shrift because I think Homecoming really, like, what he was known for in Cop Car was handling the actors in the way he did. Yes. And I think, like, his handling of actors in Homecoming is fabulous. So, like, yeah, but it's not quite as, like, idiosyncratic as, like, a Tim Burton or something Right, like that. right, yeah. exactly, yeah, right. yeah. That's, no one is seems to be super He's, interested in that anymore. That, that The idea of, like, the uh, sort of auteur, um, which is, because I don't, Tipped, I don't really believe in the auteur theory, but like oh, the right. sort of auteur. The sort of auteur. The yeah. auteur with like a huge team that also knows what they want and, and <laughs> helps them make it. Somehow James Gunn has still kind of gotten away with that in the MCU. You know, like I feel like his movies really have a stamp on it. You know, I yeah. think so. Uh, More yeah, so than so. the others. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Ryan Coogler, for the most part, did a, a fantastic job putting his own stamp on Black Panther. But again, once we got to like stuff like uh, action scenes and that. It mm-hmm. becomes a different movie that is, you know, house style for those sections there. Right. Whereas, like, this sort of thing is fully Sam Raimi the whole time uh-huh. in every aspect. Well, let's talk about, like, the, the next stage of this fight is basically, like, Spider-Man getting, like, pinballed around in the sky with the goblin hitting him from every angle. Like, yeah. almost yeah. impossibly so. Yeah. Um, it's but, great. They're but brutal it's styled, uppercuts. It's styled, too. Like, it is, like, yeah, it's, like, video game like Street Fighter or like Mortal Kombat, I'm gonna sucker punch him into the next level of the map. Yeah, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, it's cartoonish. You know, he just like a punch would not have his body flip in that way. Well, um, but it might if he was if it was a super strength punch, right? It's sure. a super yeah. strength punch, and there he's in the middle of the sky. Like it's there's, true. There's you know, there's nothing. But it has more. It has more akin to Dragon Ball Z than yeah. it has to any kind of like real world physics fight. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. And and I guess for some people, the like awareness that it's obviously not realistic, quote unquote, in that way means I don't care. I guess but so. like, but I, but for me, it's just like I I get excited about the the craft involved with the artifice. Like the right. presence, I always know the artifice is there. So reminding me of the artifice doesn't make me less into it. The artifice is the most fun part of the Raimi movie. Yeah. Like, the sets that look like sets, like you were saying yeah. last week. Yeah. 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 Give me a full dose of Raimi any day of the week. Uh-huh. You know, like, like my hero of these movies, as much of a Spider-Man fan as I am, like I like them because they're Spider-Man, but I like them more because they're Sam Raimi. You yeah. Know, like yeah. his filmmaking is the star. Yes. To me, yeah. Yes. Um, I like that he has a stamp on these films in the same way that like any artist or writer has had a stamp on uh the Amazing Spider Man series. Like you mm. know, like when you think of the Romita era, it's like, oh well, I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like, I know what it feels like. In yeah. the same way that when I say the Raimi Spider Man movies, I know what that looks and feels like. Have you guys talked about like um associating artists with different you know movies in this trilogy because like to me spider-man 2 is very much the romita senior era where spider-man 1 it's 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 romita as well i would say but it has more of the kind of dicko-y stuff whereas this movie feels like it's not quite sure where it's landing in in Mm -hmm. it it's like romita like you know but trying to do todd mcfarland stuff yeah and i just don't think those artists are compatible Right. You know, and I mean, I think I think Raimi knew this when he put up a strong front against some of the choices the studio wanted to make for this movie. Is yeah. Well, uh, I actually first, through yeah. yeah through our research, what we've, we we actually discovered the thing that won him over with the Venom stuff 
um, was because it wasn't so much that he was not wanting it in here. It was that he didn't feel comfortable with it because he wasn't he didn't know anything about it. Oh, and he just like, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't have any way to connect to that because I don't. I don't like I, this type of character without humanity. I just right. that's I'm not interested. Right. Yeah. And he was a he was a grown man by the time that that was happening. Right. You know, um, and it was actually Alvin Sargent who was really interested. Something about Eddie Brock as a character he connected to. And then he pitched Sam on their take on uh, on Eddie Brock, which is sort of the, the ultimate. Yeah. Nega Peter. Yeah. Like that's kind of what he Nega is. Peter. Nega I, I, Peter. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and and then that's what that's what sold him on the character was was the idea of like, oh, okay, like him being this guy that represents everything that Peter could be uh, uh if he was like a worse person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um and, and so like that's how he connected to it. So he was on board with the Venom stuff once Alvin uh pitched him on it. But it's clearly outside of his realm of Definitely. knowledge of Spider-Man exactly. comics, you yeah, know. Not so his like initial approach, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like the, I mean, but even just visually, you know, like I think Sam Raimi is constantly pulling from Romita's style to inform his own stuff, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have comics to pull from here, right? Necessarily, yeah. you right? Know? Um, He's trying his best to sort of remake the character in what he believes uh, would be a Romita style, but that's difficult when a character like Venom is. Just like the idea Space of like, alien yeah. teeth guy. Yeah, yeah it's hard. It's, that's hard. That's difficult. <laughs> if only he could have nailed that character as well as the Venom movie did. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a, you know, so a different take. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because when you read about like the initial approach here, when you're like, yeah, well, what was Sam planning? Like, oh, a vulture and Sandman story. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that ma- that tracks. That makes sense. You know, straight out of the Romita run. Sensibilities. Yep. Yeah. No. Those were. What he was reading when he was younger, um, what what he connected to then, right? Yeah, um, I mean, just in general, this movie. I, off mic, we were sort of mentioning that we haven't really talked with you, Dan, yet about like our opinions overall on Spider Man Three. Yeah, or what we like mm-hmm. uh, like like about it. I, I think we're bigger defenders of this movie than most people are. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it's the best of the Raimi bunch. I don't think it's. A, Obviously not the best of the bunch, but I, we don't think it's quite as far from the other two as most people seem to. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. Like, yeah. I, I think there's more to like about this movie than dislike overall. Um, I, I, I have a lot of fun watching it, which, you know, even with all of its problems, and it definitely has lots of them, the dialogue could have used like three more passes, <laughs> um, you know, but I think that when taken as a part of the other two films and, and erasing comic book continuity out of your mind and just focusing on the films themselves it doesn't it's not that far removed from the other two qualitatively like i think it's a pretty good sequel like it's not it's definitely the weakest of the three mm-hmm. but if this had not been the end if they had continued and made a fourth one i don't think people would hate this movie as much as uh they think they do right now oh no right. it's it's definitely burdened with like ending this thing that people loved right yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah. And and all of the weird expectations leading up to it versus you know like like expecting a different type of movie than you were delivered I think often leads to a lot more animosity than the actual quality of the film itself. Yeah. Um which we were we were primed for other things and then we got this goofy thing. Um Yeah. But it's looking back on it now I just have a lot of fun with this goofy thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it, I mean, if you want me to get into this. Yeah, go yeah, for it. I mean, I saw it opening night in New York, and, uh, you know, I dressed up in my 
Peter Parker best. I had my costume under my outfit and my camera. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, uh, we were taking pictures. We were so excited about the movie. I think, like, I would say, like, maybe, like, a fifth of my theater was cosplaying. Mm-hmm. It was, wow. you know, I went to the Zigfield Theater. It was, like, you know, it was the place to be seeing Spider-Man opening night. And uh, I couldn't have been more excited. And I had kind of come, as described on my previous appearances on your show, I've come come on an arc, you know, with these movies where the first one I was like, ah, I really didn't like it because I was young and, and had an expectation and it grew on me. And then Spider-Man two was like my favorite movie ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like so pumped for three. And I remember going into all the, like, uh, the bookstores in, in New York, which had like, there was a ton of like art material put out for this movie before it came out and just seeing the designs. And, you know, there were things that like, Sat, stood out to me like the the black costume. I I still don't like the design of that costume in yeah. this movie. What what design? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the real problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, but like I was like, you know, like I bet they're just gonna seed Venom here, and it's gonna pay off in another movie. And you know, I was like, Im- yeah, I could. I was already rationalizing like what I'd seen in the trailers for like. How is this going to come together and not be overcrowded mm-hmm. and, and all of these things? And I, I still think it's overcrowded. I think the Venom didn't need to be completed in this story. Right. Um, and I was really disappointed with it um, opening night. I remember my friends being like, it was great. And me being the guy that was like, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, over the years, I think my tra- trajectory has been kind of like yours, which is like, I, mean, I don't know what your trajectory was, but like, where you're at now is kind of where I'm at, which is like, there's a ton of great stuff in the movie. Yeah. Moment to moment, scene to scene. It's a bit goofy, like plotting overall. It's a little overstuffed. And I don't think the character arcs quite land in the way the pre- the previous two movies mm-hmm. do. But, um, and it's a weird note to go out on yeah. for right. the character because like Peter, like he kind of becomes a villain in this movie. Yeah. And like does things that like, I think probably like sunk the series. People just, I don't know. We're like, I don't know if I want to come back for that guy. Uh-huh. Um, Cause he just like, like the, the, the hitting Mary Jane stuff yeah. is yeah. really problematic. Um, and it just puts a sour taste in your mouth yeah. uh, a little bit. And maybe they need to fine tune that a little bit more. And then my biggest problem with it, which you'll get to eventually is the like recasting Sandman in the, moment of Uncle Ben's death, I, I find kind of apocryphal mm-hmm. um, and a cheap way to raise the stakes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's always really bothered me. Um, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, it exists now, so let me just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Right. And I'm right. so glad you guys gave me these minutes because the, I think they're my favorite minutes from the movie. I, yeah. Like, they're, th- I think this is what the movie does best. It's like, be sentimental and have fabulous action scenes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I have to admit, I love all the cheesy stuff with Harry, where he like looks at the camera and <laughs> and says winky winky things because it's James Franco. And I think like at the time we didn't quite know who James Franco was yet, and now <laughs> uh, everybody's very accustomed to like I- James Franco as a persona, yeah, as a weirdo, yeah. yeah. As you go back, it's like, oh, he was like really there, like, <laughs> yeah. like he, he's been weird all along. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and then just from weirdly in my personal life 
when I was at NYU, James Franco was enrolled at NYU, so I would see him all the time. Oh, really? And yeah. it was just kind of weird in general. Mm-hmm. And then I went to UCLA out he- here, and he was enrolled there as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, everywhere I've gone, <laughs> this kind of, like, weird winking specter of James Franco uh-huh. has followed me through education. So good. And so when I see these <laughs> movies, like, I've directly interacted with him many times. Yeah. And, like... It just they just make me laugh now because yeah. I like I know how silly he is just in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've I've definitely had my fear of interactions with him as well. Uh, oh, since oh, really? Out here. Yeah, yeah, since coming out here, uh, <laughs> doing what I do, I run into him a lot. Um, and really, it's, that's his spot. Yeah, Interesting. it's yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's weird because yeah. uh, he is just a dude. Like, yeah, more than anything, he's just like a kind of like a weird dude who just loves movies have you guys watched him on the soap operas that he's done no no <laughs> just do a shout out for uh for people listening who want to go down this rabbit hole oh boy oh, um man. he was on i think it was as the world turns for like oh, a yeah. few months yeah and he played a character named franco and uh <laughs> great franco was this like weird uh artist uh, who like would take photos of people and like do weird abstract art, and he would invite women back to his apartment oh, d- under the guise of like photographing them, which oh, is a very standard creepy. Are you sure this was a soap opera, and not just there's just cameras someone, somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> look, I, I lived off the L train in New York, and this is the number one thing that creepy pe- uh, photographers would do to pick up women. Oh my god! But then he's like, he's like a serial killer who like kills people in his apartment, but he's James Franco, As like that. he just. Yeah. Doing Jane Franco. That's yeah, it's fabulous. Bizarre. Check it out. Anyway, yeah, Spider-Man three. Uh, yeah. So I uh, this this uh, this bit where he's being Peter's being dragged across the buildings is mm-hmm. um, it's like one of the most like Sam Raimi things. Uh, like that's <laughs> like it, it really because you know the end he, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that uh, uh, the Toby is actually getting plum- pummeled by stuff. Like even if <laughs> even if they're like even if they're like you know foam pool, pool bits. noodles or yeah. whatever, um, it's still like in those close up shots, like Sam is just off camera smacking him with those things. I imagine scenarios where Sam Raimi would just like invite Toby into a room, and be like, "All right, we're filming this thing where I'm gonna hit you with a bunch of stuff." And <laughs> yeah. There's no cameras involved; like he's yeah. just yeah. getting his rocks off. They uh, they uh, there was a joke on the if you watch the uh, the commentary track on the on the Spider Man Three Blu-ray. There's a joke that Toby makes about that where he was like yeah and then there's those other ones you did where I didn't even see any cameras <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like the prime moment where I talked in an earlier episode about like the physicality of the like and humanity involved in this fight it's yeah. like seeing a human not in costume get pummeled in this way yes is like deeply troubling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely and uh it's the the CGI version of Toby getting slammed into like uh like pieces of scenery and whatnot is like the er version. Like the other day, you said, "I feel like Sam is like creating things he's always wanted to see on screen with yeah. like the crawling around Spider Man." <laughs> uh-huh. I think one of the things he's always wanted to see on screen is just slamming Tobey Maguire <laughs> into like pieces of concrete over and over again. <laughs> can I get it. that CGI butt dummy to take home? Yeah, yeah. Can we just <laughs> can we just run a bunch of extra tests where we just throw more things at him? It just makes me smile. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> a sadist for sure, but only when it comes to his lead actors. That's yeah. it. One of my favorite things that starts to make its appearance in this moment with throwing him through stuff is when Peter gets thrown through the glass. 
Oh, yeah. And it goes quiet for a minute, but then you get the burst of sound at the other. And this is where he starts experimenting with bringing sound elements into the fight more distinctly and more yeah. rhythmic um, aud- audio. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's really exciting. But here it's like the, you get this loud burst and then the sound drops out as it goes into slow-mo. And my favorite part of the fight is that they incorporate the ring into all of this. Yeah, uh, it's such a Spider-Man thing to do. The ring is really cool. Um, it's also there's something about that shot in particular where he's reaching for the ring and doesn't quite get it. Yeah, um, that is very Lord of the Rings. Like that's oh yeah, that's the first. <laughs> like every time I look at this, I just I just he just transforms into Frodo. <laughs> Also, also a great movie. Yeah. yeah, he kind of looks like Elijah Wood in some ways. Oh yeah, sure. I think if they'd been closer in age, they might have gotten like mistaken for each other all the time or something. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I want to highlight the ring element into this fight because, um, you know, uh, several years ago we had Jerry Conway on our show, who famously took over for Stan Lee after he left writing the Amazing Spider-Man comic. And then quickly made short work of Gwen Stacy uh, and uh, a number of other things. But one of the things he talked to us about in how he wrote Spider-Man fight sequences and battles is he said one of the most important things is what he called the blueberry pie effect, which is that, um, you know, he would give Spider-Man a blueberry pie that he would have to get home to Aunt May. Right. So if like <laughs> he's fighting the Green Goblin, he also has to keep the pie safe. Because if he returns the pie, she's going to be disappointed to him and maybe know that he's Spider-Man because the pie got destroyed. Right. And for me, in this scene, uh, and it's a trope on our show where we call it the blueberry pie effect, like this ah. ring is the blueberry pie standard. Right, like, right. It's not enough that he's just fighting his friend. A part of his personal life is becoming involved, and he's got this other thing to worry about, right. you know, uh, this ring. Uh, right. mm-hmm. And so I love seeing that here. I think it's really great, and it has got a, it's got a great payoff. For sure. Yeah. It, and, and it's worth pointing out that uh, this antique ring or whatever that uh, that he is. Do you, is it an antique when it's uh, 50 years sure, old? Sure, why not? I don't know. Heirloom. Um, heirloom, yeah. yes. This, uh, this heirloom uh, also has the uh, magical ability to fall slower than any other object <laughs> <laughs> that exists in reality. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, I bet what a unique way of raising the stakes. That like, it's yeah. not... Yeah. It's not you don't raise the stakes by like oh more of the city is about to be destroyed or whatever Mm -hmm. that you raise the stakes in a personal way that like normal I think a a version of this scene that might have happened in earlier movies it might just be like a financial thing that like the thing will break and then he'll be out the money or whatever but now it's not just that it's also the ring that he's going to propose with and on top of that it's also Aunt May's ring it's irreplaceable right you're you're paying off the work that Rosemary Harris did in in the previous minutes you know like she put all of this value and weight into this ring and told you that story so now like I'm more worried about that ring than I am about Peter's safety you know and all this because I know he'll be relatively okay yeah but that ring if he loses that ring like I gotta watch him go back to Aunt May's apartment oh. and, and and face telling her that he lost that ring. You right. Know? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it also you know it reminds me of you know Zach you you bring this up um, multiple times a season but mm. uh, the fact that uh, you know you consider and I don't disagree with you. Oh yeah. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer to be like the best Spider-Man TV show yeah. that ever existed. Right. Yeah. Live action. Um, yeah. Live action. Right. Because it's it has that 
tone. It's like the Spider-Man TV live action TV show that you always wanted, except it's vampires and Peter Parker's a girl. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's other than those changes. Yeah. Right. You got yeah. it. Yeah. But it's like tonally, it's very similar to what you would kind of want, you know, and it, it, it but there are scenes in that I immediately thought of the the episode where they have to take care of the eggs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like they get the eggs that are like supposed to be like the babies for their home ec class. And it's like, oh, don't yeah. break the egg because while you'll fail the class. Fighting all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah and she yeah. has to protect the egg while. Uh, while she's uh, fighting vampires, they even right. do that in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic. There's a whole like oh, they right. have to take babies home and keep them safe thing. So there you go. There's the blueberry pie. There, there it is. Oh, the there you go. Pie. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, respect to Jerry Conway for uh, calling it a blueberry pie because <laughs> you know blueberry pies they don't get as much respect as most other pies. <laughs> so and they deserve more respect. Yeah, kudos, kudos <laughs> to Jerry Conway because it just as easily could have been an apple pie or strawberry rhubarb. Cherry pie, pie. But I'm pretty sure he said blueberry pie. I blueberry like blueberry. Sounds better. Blueberry's yeah. good. Blueberries yeah. are good. Oh man. Blueberry pop tart. Good. Oh. Either way, I'm telling the story, and the way I told it, I said blueberry pie. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Codified. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I do. I really love the ring thing. I love. Uh, I really just everything about this action sequence is uh, stellar. Yeah, mm. ever, ever since reading that uh, article the other day, every time I see one of these shots, I'm just imagining all the lights moving around him. Because you can see it play across the faces of the actors. Yeah. The changing light as they move past things they're not actually moving past. Yeah. Like, you know. and, and the fact that like this, the, the, the computer-generated imagery people, that whole crew has to then use those original animatics plus whatever lighting rig situation that they created in uh, the pre-production stuff mm -hmm. on the green screen and base all of that on their CGI and build the CGI around those lighting so that the timing is perfect. Like, there's just so many things that could go wrong and everything went right. And this yeah. action sequence is just amazing. So then we've got some kind of like footwork as like uh, like yeah. Peter and Harry are dancing on the hoverboard to regain control. <laughs> Peter webs him in the face and then is able to kind of like... I don't know, do the fox trot. I don't know what he's doing on here. <laughs> and he spins him around and flings him off. Just another entry in how does this hoverboard work? Uh, yeah. and, and how are we controlling this thing? Yeah. Because is it not directly through the feet? Then how does how does Peter stay on it? And is it... I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I have, would have to suspect that if Peter hung on this a little bit longer, he would not have been able to control it. And that there's something about right. having the rider on board who's programmed to be there, allows him to control it, because Harry's like able to retrieve to it later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It chases after his boots, I think. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I imagine that it's just, it's just like blindly shooting out, like, power in the, out, out of the bottom of it, mm -hmm. and he's using that as, like, his basis for the slingshot. Yeah. Uh, is what I'm thinking is about to happen, yeah. Yeah. So... It's a wild moment. It's like almost like a, a wrestling move or something where he yeah. sweeps his leg and picks him up by his other leg and yeah. throws him and whatnot. It's just fun. It's just so well thought out. Yeah. Like this whole action sequence is fantastic. <sighs> Absolutely fantastic. Um, all right. I think that uh, that wraps us up here for uh, for uh, minute 19. Uh, if you want to, you got some stuff you want to buy on Amazon, you should use our affiliate link. Oh it's, yeah, uh, duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. Anything you buy at Amazon doesn't cost you anything extra, but we do get a piece of the profit that Amazon makes on your purchase uh, for uh, sending you their way. So if you're going to buy things from Amazon, 
you know, let's let's take a little money out of Jeff Bezos' pocket together. Yeah. And put it in our pocket <laughs> <laughs> instead. Uh, so. I can support that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I don't support you, Scott. But <laughs> That's fair. But... but Robbing Jeff Bezos, I'm for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, duallygenre.com slash Amazon. Uh, just just use that link and shop at Amazon like you normally do, and we'll get a cut of whatever you put in your cart. Yeah. Um, so uh, we appreciate everyone who does that, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 20. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.